Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. So I've just spent the last two days at STEP conference and it's amazing to be back in person, but also as you see from Smashy, all our posts on social and every day on Halle's show and Techville Arabi that there's a lot of energy and a lot of money being put into the startup space across the region at the moment. That was really felt at STEP conference. It was an incredible conference. Uh, it really has bounced back after the pandemic, but the region is really, really uh, ripe and it's uh, you know prosperous in terms of startup and investments and entrepreneurs. Uh, and one of the stages was all about wellness and health tech. And I asked our guest this week, was he there? And what's fascinating is they've raised you know close to twenty million dollars, uh, but they weren't there because they were too busy. You know, and I think that's amazing that there's so many people there who are also busy but are raising money, and then these guys are are not there, but they're also part of the ecosystem. So there's so much happening, what we see, what we don't see. Um, and it's great to be able to hear these stories and tell these stories. So it's a little bit of a continuation from uh, the medical uh, conversation we had last week with Medcare. This is at the other side of the health tech and wellness uh, sector. Uh, it's more about platform and content and, the, and making booking and reservations for the cosmetic uh, treatments and industry. So enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Today we are joined by Rob Pai, the CEO of Selfology. They are a health tech startup that empowers consumers to discover and learn about and book cosmetic treat treatments. So Selfology aims to offer consumers an unparalleled platform that informs, educates, and helps realize their full potential. Today we're going to be talking about Selfology. The cosmetic treatment industry as well, but also your plans for the future. Welcome, Rob. Cheers, Richard. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on. And yeah, so tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Uh, so with Cephology, what we're aiming to be is the destination for cosmetic treatments. So we recognize that there's a big gap in the market today. So currently, there's about $2.2 billion worth of treatments taken across the region every year. Um, but 0% of that is, is done online. So it's, it's quite a traditional industry in terms of how you find out about it, how you take a treatment, how you research. But actually, there's over a million people a month searching for different cosmetic treatments, different concerns, different devices. Um, and, and what we've seen is there's not really any uh, centralized, trusted platform where you can go to get unbiased, original, informative information that's also understandable. So that's the space that we're trying to address the gap for and, and really, you know, provide and, and, and elevate the industry and, and give that kind of unbiased platform where if you think you're thinking about a cosmetic treatment, you're interested to know more, you know, you've got somewhere to go where you're going to get fantastic, trusted content verified by doctors and get an unbiased um, education into what is actually available to you as, as a user. Okay, great. So is it an information platform or is it a marketplace where you can find the treatments that you would like to select? So it's, it's a mixture of both. And I think this is the thing that we are aiming for. And I think it's what makes Selfology super unique is we're not just there as a bottom funnel um, marketplace where you can book. 
We're there first and foremost as an awareness platform to help educate people uh, in consumer-friendly language. Because mm-hmm. again, if you search today laser hair removal or Botox, you'll get a myriad of different clinic websites of varying quality, trustworthiness, um, and, and uh, uh, facility and, and functionality. Mm. And actually, it's very difficult to find the information you're looking for, have that unbiased viewpoint, and, and actually um, be able to understand the content in consumer-friendly language. And that's, that's a big thing, because a lot of the content out there right now is positioned quite clinically. It's very straight, it's white jacket, it's highly technical terms. The way that we're positioning Selfology is much more in the consumer beauty space. It's mm. much more lifestyle. So we kind of internally refer to ourselves as the Vogue of cosmetics. Mm. So we're trying to be more a lifestyle uh, publication where you'll actually come and read and can keep coming back every week, learn mm. about the different things available. But then we want to make that actionable. Yeah. So once you've got the information, absolutely, we then want to be the place where you're able to then put that information into action and be able to book, compare all the different clinics, all the different practitioners, and book directly on, on the platform without having to, you know, open up 20 different websites, call around 20 different clinics, ask for the price list, find out the different times. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a very, very manual approach that happens today. But we're, we're trying to um, automate that for people yeah. in, in the same way that you order your takeaway on delivery yeah. <laughs> or you order hotel on booking.com. There's nothing that exists like that for the cosmetic treatment today. Fascinating. So it is a utility play as well, recognizing that people want things at the, on their phone and uh, quick uh, you know, access to information and booking as well. Absolutely. And, and the, the evidence is there, like I said, with, with all the search volume for people looking for treatments, looking for concerns, they're not finding what they're looking for today. I mm. mean, we've run surveys internally to gauge the appetite both on the clinic side and, and the consumer side. And, and what we found is actually nearly 75% of people have told us they would absolutely book a cosmetic treatment online if they had access to the right information. Okay. So that's exactly what we want to, where we want to be is giving that right information to the people that already know about it, but also we want to be able to spread this information to people that are maybe curious about it or haven't taken a treatment before. Yeah. Um, because it, it's, it's actually the vast majority of people ha- haven't ever taken a cosmetic treatment before. Mm. Not because they don't want to or they're not interested, but again, they don't have the information. They don't know where to start. Yeah. They don't know where to start. And there's still, I think, in, in people that are not familiar with the industry, I think there's still probably a bit of a stigma. Yeah. People think of cosmetic treatments and they either think it's, aggressive, invasive surgery, or it's out there looks, big lips, Mm. big boobs, you Mm. know, over-the-top things, when in actual fact, the majority of treatments that are taken are non-invasive or minimally invasive, Mm. and the technology that delivers them has advanced so much that the results you can get are incredible. True, yeah. So, I found out about laser facelifts the other day. I didn't know that existed before, so there's, there's a way you can get a facelift with no downtime with a series of different devices delivering the same result. Amazing. And it's this kind of thing that we want to get out to people so that we bring more people into the category as well. Fascinating. So how did you get to this solution? You know, let's take it as a given mm-hmm. that the, the beauty sector in the region is, uh, is ad- advances. You know, the numbers are quite impressive. We've had a few 
beauty startups on the show before mm-hmm. in terms of marketplaces and products and skincare and things like that. How do you look? And then there's luxury mm-hmm. uh, products and there's different ways of, say, tapping into that market. Is Did you look at it from a sort of like macro level of the Middle East beauty and then drill down and come up with this sort of solution? Or how did you end up coming up with this product? Well, the the origin of our idea is from our founder, uh, Tamawali. So he's an expert in the industry. He's been in the cosmetic treatment industry for over 30 years. Um, he's been very successful in building a really strong B2B um, distributor business of the devices that actually go into the clinics to perform the treatments. So really based on his experience and, and his vision, you know, he was constantly being asked, um, what should I do for this? Where, where's the best clinic for this? Who's the pre- best practitioner for this? Mm. And, and basically one day it, it kind of occurred to him, it's like, he knows, you know, a lot about the industry, but actually what if there was a place where all of these questions could be answered? So that was the etymology of the idea, if you will. Okay. Um, and then, you know, Tama had this idea years ago. He, he did some proof of concepts mm. and then, what what we realized was to do this at the scale and ambition that we have, that we needed to bring together the the organization as you see it today. So we've made a conscious choice to, to uh, build all of our content ourselves. So everything's original. We've hired, you know, uh, quite substantially ahead of Go Live. Mm. So we, we've hired our own in-house creative team, our own product team, customer service team, marketing team, obviously a full sales team to, to bring the clinics on board. Mm. So the way we've gone about this, mm. we think is very, very different to how things have been done before. And you mentioned, yes, there are other marketplaces out there. There's a lot of marketplaces out there for hairdressers, salons, massage, gym, you know, more of the traditional beauty space. Yeah. Um, and that's quite oversubscribed. And again, even in that space, it's very bottom of funnel. It's you go there. It's a marketplace. You look at some listings, and you 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 yeah, can book. It's just listings. It's classifiers, numbers, location. There's no it, information. It, it's it's super functional, yeah. and actually, when you look at the space, it becomes quite commoditized because mm. you know, similar to the um, uh, to the fast food industry, mm. do you really have a massive look brand loyalty to Delivery or Talabat or Kareem or whoever you're using? It's it's generally based on convenience. Mm. So I think. We saw a similar thing in, in the beauty space. And what was missing is no one's putting this concentration into cosmetic treatments. And certainly no one's focusing on that full funnel. Mm. And that's the interesting piece for us. That's what we're trying to do as well. Yes, on the one hand, we're obviously a consumer-facing business. But on the other hand, and just as equally, we're a B2B business. Mm. You know, we're Honestly, we're learning as we go as well. But the more we're getting into it, we realize that we are becoming the e-commerce platform for the clinics. Mm. They, you know, they, we, we've met with a lot of clinics, we've signed a lot of clinics up to the platform now, so um, we, we've learned through them that they don't have the time, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the expertise to understand how to be position one on Google, to understand what paid social means, always on paid social, creating this original content. Interesting. So what we want to do, and kind of our strap line to them is, you know, um, you take care of your patients, we'll take care of the rest. And that's the way we're positioning our service to them because we want to highlight the best of the clinics, the best of the practitioners, highlight the amazing work they do and allow that to speak for them to actually 
help them get visibility in the platform to gain new customers, whilst so, we're going to take care of the, the marketing side of things for them. So uh, two questions in that. Do you do more marketing services for them? But firstly, um, it was quite interesting how you described it, that they seem to be very receptive because in the comparison with the F&B apps, uh, there, might, there was some pushback originally on fees and things like that. Yeah. But do you think that from your experience so far, the clinics have been almost crying out for this type of product? Yeah, I, I mean, genuinely, the feedback has been universally positive from okay. all the clinics that, that we've met. Whether or not every single clinic that we've met with has joined yet is, is a different point, but certainly every single one we've met with understands the value of it. Mm. But we've signed up a significant proportion of the market already. How, and we're only launched? just... We're, well, we're, we've just gone live with our soft launch of booking this week. Yeah. And okay. we've been live for a few months with the content side of the site kind of leading up to this. Sorry, yeah. But really, the big push is coming in the next couple of weeks when, when we start activating. So if you go on the site today, you can book, you can see clinics, practitioners, you can see all the services they offer. But on the over the coming weeks, you'll see the number of clinics on the platform is going to increase quite dramatically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far, the, the reception's been fantastic. And I think... The, you know, this this speaks to the way that we've gone about it as well. I mean, we've we've raised a significant amount of money, so we've raised seventeen and a half million dollars, mm. and we've done that really to allow us to see this through to launch and then operate for for the first year and really achieve the kind of growth targets that we want to achieve. But we've really invested massively in, in technology, uh, so we've we've gone with a better breed headless uh, commerce approach. So best of breed e-commerce platform, CMS, search engine, uh, CRM system, to make sure that it's completely scalable, not only just for the region, but but globally as well. Mm. We've, we've invested heavily in our own content to produce um, all of our own content. So we talked about all the searches that people are looking for every month. We, we've actually written um, over 600,000 words of content on cosmetic treatments in English and Arabic, That's which again is super unique. So all, all of uh, what we do is, is offered in both languages, so it, so it ranks really well. So we've done this at a very different level, and also the brand itself. If you look at the site, you look at the way we're positioning the brand, we feel like it's our product. It's more positioned like a consumer beauty brand. So, I mean, that's that's my background. I've been in e-com for 20 years. We've brought on board talent from all around the world who are, who are really strong in building consumer brands, building B2B brands. And that's been a big differentiator to the clinics. Mm. When we've met with them, yeah, we've heard, oh, yeah, there's been platforms in the past and we've tried this, that hasn't worked, this hasn't worked. So one of the challenges we faced initially was even convincing them that this was something different. Mm. But actually, when we showed them the visuals, when we showed them the marketing plans, when we showed them the consumer experience, their back-end experience, you know, resolutely, that's the thing that really changed their mind and, and has got a huge proportion of the industry to buy into this before we've even driven a single booking. Fascinating. That's a, there's a lot there, and it's, it's really interesting to see how you've approached it. Uh, so you mentioned your background has been mm. in e-commerce. How did you get to this point with Selfology, and, and uh, yeah, when did you move to the region? Uh, so I moved to the region just under 18 months ago now, so in late 2020. Um, but prior to that, I'd been based predominantly out of the UK, um, working for um, uh, consumer beauty brands, always in direct-to-consumer e-commerce, so okay. 
I worked for 15 years at uh, GHD, okay. uh, selling hair yeah. straighteners, ironically. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I, I headed up. One, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're both in the same boat. Um, yeah. I, I headed up their direct to consumer operations globally, so, right. so managed you know, sites from the UK, US, Australia, South Africa, Europe. Um, and I, that's really where I cut my teeth in e commerce. I mean, GHD. You know, it's a huge global brand nowadays. I joined when it was a couple of countries and really went through the whole growth phase with them through private equity to eventually a big trade sale to Coty. Did they, uh, sorry, that's just interesting. Did they also, when GHD came out first, it, with the direct consumer e-commerce trend mightn't have started, so they would have had distributors. How was that sort of shift for them? Well, it's an interesting question and that, it kind of ties back to the whole selfology point full stop. Um, I mean, GHD, we were direct consumer from back in 2002. Okay. And so many brands still today are only just making the move to direct to consumer. So I had a super unique exposure to what direct to consumer means, how mm. you scale a business, how you structure a website, how you optimize a website, how you analyze it, how you market the website, how you grow it. So that that was invaluable experience, which which has kind of led on to to where I am today. Because mm. you know I've taken those lessons of how to how to build and scale a DTC business, and and that's what we're trying to apply to Selfology. Is coming at this as if, like I said, it is our own product. It is something we've manufactured, but we're marketing it on behalf of the clinics essentially. Fascinating and you know not to talk too much about GHD but that it, the slight difference is that it is a product yeah uh, yet now you are using the same digital knowledge and the digital tricks say with with SEO and with yeah. uh, websites and just everything to do with digital world that we live in today but essentially your your outcome or your uh, result with the customer is different. It's yeah. not a product. How do you, how do you think that approach differs in brand building and in in basically the business model and structure? Um, uh, it's an interesting question. I, honestly, I, I see a lot of uh, parallels between it. I mean, uh, after, after GHD, I worked for a company called Beauty Pie, uh, which was a beauty subscription startup based out of London. Uh, they operated UK US, mm. um, and and there we had phenomenal success. You know. Uh, putting the right foundations in place, getting the right team, getting the right marketing channels, we saw huge exponential growth in that brand over a period of a couple of years. Mm. Built that up to a big Series A um, Silicon Valley investment. So um, taking what I'd learned at GHD, condensing it into a much shorter period at Beauty Pie, and then getting the opportunity to come out to come out and, and um, build something from scratch with Cephology, that was an incredibly exciting piece for me because... Mm. I've seen what it takes to build consumer brands and to reach the consumer. And I think most importantly with what I learned with Beauty Pie was we didn't have any physical stores. We didn't have any physical space. It was a completely pure play brand, direct-to-consumer online. You say beauty subscriptions in what? Uh, products like packs of products or things like that? It, it was, it was a, 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 a quasi-business model where consumers would subscribe and pay a monthly fee or an annual fee and then you would buy products on top of that okay but, but the like the, Amazon Prime or something like that yeah but the but the premise of the business was different it was um, was there content there was there was content yeah, yeah but it was it was more about giving consumers access to luxury beauty okay for actually the price that it cost to make it so a lot of 
the major brands in the world all use the same manufacturers around the world to manufacture their products. And mm. then they put their branding on it and then they put a massive markup on it. Okay. So Beauty Pie, the idea was actually we'll go to the same factories, you know, design and, and manufacture the same quality, if not better products, but we charge the consumer the price it costs to manufacture it. Yeah. So the subscription was, you know, to be part of, um, to be part of the platform. And then the cost of goods was the actual, um, the purchase itself. Okay. But, you know, that was a huge learning because, again, that was a startup. It had to go from nothing. You had to reach consumers direct online and actually sell them something they'd not done before, mm. um, which was very much what led me towards this opportunity at Selfology is, again, this is something new. This is something new for consumers to actually go and feel comfortable enough to buy a cosmetic treatment online. Mm. It's a similar thing. There's a lot of explanation. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of uh, education that's required. But on the same hand, it's also a new thing for the clinics. I mean, mm. really interesting. We're, we're, we're finding, you know, we're doing a lot of training with the clinics. We're, we're, we're effectively teaching each individual clinic how to operate an e-commerce business. We're yeah. supporting them massively, but we're giving them the tools to, to actually market themselves. So, yeah. so it's a re it's an interesting parallel. And for me, I I just see them as very similar spaces. Yeah, it's you use similar marketing channels. You know, you use influencers, you use SEO, you use paid search, you use retargeting, mm. you use refer a friend and word of mouth. It's a huge a huge growth lever. Yeah, and they're the same types of tactics that I've used in previous businesses, and I think. For me, <clears throat> what I've learned with online in general is building the right foundations is absolutely critical. So getting the right technology, the right people, the right data, the right analysis in place on day one shortcuts the success of the business. So okay. I've seen it with my own eyes when decisions are taken that maybe aren't the best in hindsight or, or whatever the situation may be. It can take a lot of rework just to get back to the start point to actually start the growth phase. Mm. So that's the thing that I've taken the most from my previous experiences to try and utilize that and, and build Cephology so it's ready for growth from day one. Mm. And that's a really different approach and it's a bold approach because we've invested a lot of money, but <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it seems to be working because you know, one of the biggest initial challenges was obviously going out and convincing a load of clinics that hey, we've got this platform, we want you to come on, we're going to help drive your business, and obviously we're going to take a commission for doing so. So mm. convincing them that this was going to be beneficial for them and beneficial for the industry was one of the hardest initial challenges. But the way that we positioned it, the story behind it, the, the, the way we're positioning it for growth is ultimately what's actually got them across the line to, to come and join the platform in the first place. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, you know, the digital aspect of it, that's really the opportunity, isn't it? Whether it's content or, you know, uh, especially in this region with SEO and Arabic and fascinating 600,000 words in English and Arabic, you yeah. know, that's monetizable straight away, right? Yeah. Like if, in whatever way, you, you know, affiliates are different things, right? Like it's just no one's probably done that to that extent for this sector in 22 Arab, Arabic speaking countries around yeah, the region. Yeah. So big opportunity there. So I can see the value, but you know, seven and a half million dollars is a lot of money. Was that a, a seed or a series A? And you know, we mentioned health tech at the start. Uh, the people who are looking to invest in this, there's been some success stories mm -hmm. 
in the region. There's been Fresher who've done well with, mm-hmm. with clinics on, on the on the B2B side. Um, but then obviously there's been a lot of interest in uh, utility apps across mm-hmm. everything, whether it's laundry services, whether it's things like that. So when, when you're going to raise money, how are, you know, people always like the Uber of, like how are you kind of uh, selling this? Uh, it's a great question. And <laughs> one we're probably not the best soundbite answer to be honest with yeah, okay. you because I think <laughs> as I touched on earlier because we're we have multiple different pillars you know the content side of us almost positions us as the google of cosmetic treatments yeah the booking side of it is Are more there... like the booking.com of, yeah. of cosmetic treatments um so like about.com originally right which yeah. they branded and they're doing well now and yeah yeah and 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 then the you know the whole back end i i always use this analogy and it's not perfect at all but it's somewhat similar you know we're almost the shopify for cosmetics as well yeah because it's a business user-friendly interface where they can go and actually manage their team manage their calendar manage their products manage their services their pricing it's a full e-commerce platform we've built yeah. for clinics yeah the beauty is they're plugging in to the marketplace and the content where they've got direct access to high intent consumers who are ready to book. Yeah. So it's a mi- it's a mixture of many different utility um, uh, brands that are, that are out there, but we're bringing it all into one to have that full funnel experience. And the, where did the funding come from? Which types of companies? Was it you know private equity or sorry venture capital or which types of Funds them were they regional or international? So it's regional investment. So it's 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 seed investment at this moment. So it's wow. it's private investment. So yeah, um, it's a combination of investment from our founder himself, mm. um, but also uh, a private investors, uh, Zainal, um, based out of Saudi Arabia. So very good. Um, we're at the moment again. We've done that quite intentionally because we want to prove out to the clinics that this is going to work. We want to prove out that this is a viable business model before we then look for further external investment. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're absolutely open to uh, discussing kind of strategic partnerships with investors. And we have actually met with um, quite a few of the region's biggest investors over the last couple of months. Very good. Um, so it's something we're looking to expand into over the next six to 12 months. But but for now, we, we just want to get out there launch the product, really, really start scaling and and, mm. and then bring on investment when the time is right, when we really want to start moving out into other markets. Yeah. So the cosmetic industry in general, Rob, that, you know, we talk about, I talked earlier about the beauty opportunity, beauty segment in the region, but co- cosmetic surgery is, uh, uh, the behavior is common in the region, mm-hmm. more so than where we're both from, the Western world or the UK or Ireland. Um, in many ways, I don't know the statistics, but I'm sure you do. But it, it seems to be more accepted and more normal, certainly in the Levant and other places. Um, how do you see the the category? It, it must be quite a mature one from a behavior point of view, and then maybe not so much in digital. But um, how do you see that in terms of behavior of people? Well, you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's far less taboo in this region about cosmetic treatments in general. I think, to your point, in, in the West, in the UK particularly, it's very much something people don't talk about. It's mm. behind closed doors. It's, yeah. it's quite a private thing. Whereas in this market, people will openly recommend, oh, I saw this great practitioner or I went and had this treatment. Yeah. 
It's no, more no transparent around yeah, it. Yeah, it's a lot more transparent. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a different environment here for, for cosmetic treatments. I mean, the industry itself is far more advanced here than it is in, in the UK. I mean, in the UK, it's a lot of um, single operator-owned small clinics in-house. It's far less regulated mm. here. It's heavily regulated. It's 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 major clinics with multiple dermatologists. So, it's I think it's on a lot higher level um, in the in the region than compared to the West. Yeah. So I think that changes things as well because there's more accessibility to the clinics and to the services. Yeah. But I think um, the bigger piece is we know the size of the markets there. As I mentioned, it's 2.2 billion dollars worth of treatments. It's growing uh, very rapidly year on year. Um, but the fact that the online opportunity hasn't really been tapped into yet is, is, is huge. And I think that is one of our main aims as a business. Absolutely, we want to make the journey easier for the existing consumers who know about cosmetic treatments, who are taking cosmetic treatments. Maybe they want to find a new treatment. Maybe they want to find a new clinic or a new practitioner. We want to facilitate that. But in addition, it's really tapping into the 75% of people who've never taken a treatment. Okay. That's where we see the value of selfology, mm. breaking down those barriers, demystifying cosmetic treatments, bringing them in with entertaining, accessible, consumer-friendly content. And you know, if someone then decides a cosmetic treatment's right for them, we want to be there for them to help them then find the best find the best practitioner. Yeah. I think that's where we see a big consumer change. Today, the majority of ways people find out about cosmetic treatments is word of mouth, friend recommendation, or just booking in the clinic itself. Yeah. It, there's not really any way to find out about, hang on, all of this is available in one place with all the information, with the pricing, I can mm. book directly, I can view the times. It's, it's a game changer in terms of how you discover this as well. Sure, and it's also... You know, there's also a fear factor as well when it's your, if you're doing it for the first time and there might be cheaper options online and you might have that stigma, is this a dodgy practice? Yeah. How am I going to look after the treatment? And there's a lot of um, ambiguity and uncertainty that the internet hasn't really solved. So I can see the gap in that market for you guys. Uh, like a personal story, <laughs> when I moved here first, I was losing my hair and uh, my ears were quite big. So <laughs> I got them pinned back in, wow. uh, in Cosmesurge. And the experience, I didn't know how to do it. Like, I, that was literally it. it, was like Googling some things. And in the end, I went for the most, one of the most reputable ones just to be safer. Yeah. And, but, but sometimes now, I, I, not that I, I compare, but I, I just think that there's people who are maybe in the public arena in other parts of the world or, or whatever. And I wonder, like, do they have that knowledge available to them? Like if they just spent this amount of money, it would completely, not that appearance is everything, but it would completely change an outlook for them or it would, you know, politicians, all different things, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they know. I don't think they're actually going, ah, could you do that? Would I, would I get over the stigma for it? You know, I don't think they know. And they go through their lives and they don't even know that they could just make one investment and then it changed a lot of things. hundred percent. And you've, you've tapped into a really interesting point there. One of the big insights that we've had is um, what's the motivator behind doing a cosmetic treatment? Mm. It's, it's not vanity. It's not about looks. It's not to look good for Instagram. It's about confidence. True, yeah. It's actually, that's why people take it. They want to feel better about themselves. 
and in turn that confidence radiates through and actually you know <laughs> makes them be able to achieve their full potential yeah. you feel like a different person you, yeah. you walk differently talk differently you act differently that is a key part of what we want to bring out i mean it's a great personal story that, that you've raised i'm sure that had a big impact on just the way you felt about yourself as yeah well. definitely a confidence thing but the experience was actually really good it was mm -hmm. just the bit of figuring out was this the right how to do it was the hard yeah. part and it was a Syrian uh, surgeon, and I just thought the whole clinic, the whole system, mm -hmm. the follow treatment afterwards was just incredible, mm -hmm. you know. And it, it did, you know, the, we had uh, the CEO of Medcare on last week, mm -hmm. and I think everyone can testify that the medical treatments in the UAE in general is of a high standard. Yeah. And uh, I guess, I, I guess, you know, it's why you know, they, what do they call it, uh, medical tourism or what, mm -hmm. you know, and in the region in the past, a lot of people, especially in Saudi and other countries, would have gone to other parts of the world for treatments. Yeah. But now that uh, people are realizing that there are the best, there are really good clinics and hospitals here. Yeah. So you've also got that as part of your opportunity. 100%, 100%. That's something we're looking at very seriously because with all the content that we're building with the, with the SEO, yeah, it's, we, we absolutely are serving the UAE market, but mm. of course there's people coming internationally and it's huge tourism hub here. So yeah. positioning Dubai as the destination to actually book a cosmetic treatment, that's a huge opportunity for us as well. Yeah. And I think, imagine that scenario, where would you even begin? You don't live in the UAE, you don't understand the brands, you don't understand how it works. Where would you begin to even research how you would find a cosmetic treatment? Mm. I think that's a massive opportunity of what we're trying to fill there as well mm. if you could go to a booking.com of cosmetic treatments find all the different clinics and practitioners read ratings and reviews see before and afters of the of the results of what they've delivered that's a game changer as well for you to have that trust and that confidence mm. and and that's the key pillar of what we're trying to build here is is to be that trusted platform which genuinely doesn't exist today interesting and what is there anything else that you see in the industry here in terms of regulation or information what makes it a good industry for practitioners um, and also for cellology yeah i i mean everything in in the uae is is really highly regulated by the you know dubai health authority department of health in abu dhabi so th there's very strict controls in place around who can advertise services the types of services um that, that can be advertised. And certainly that's something we've gone through ourselves as a platform. We, mm. We've established relationships with the authorities and we've, we've worked uh, together with them towards uh, being a compliant platform. So I think it's a really beneficial thing because they're putting in place um, measures to ensure that the level of quality is very high, that, that um, people are gonna have a safe experience. Obviously every clinic themselves has to be um, medically licensed, every practitioner has to be medically licensed. So mm. there's a very high standard of regulation to ensure that you're going to be getting the best possible treatment in the first place. And how do you, to the point of advertising and communicating information, mm. because this is the medical industry, how do you work with doctors and surgeons and practitioners? Uh, do they consult with you? Do, are they, are they, do you employ someone or, or do you kind of work with them on a content creation basis? We, we work with them very much on a content creation basis. So all the content that we've written is 100% original. So we have our own team of in-house writers. We work with 
leading industry experts in, in beauty and in SEO and in, in cosmetics. Mm. But then we're working with the practitioners who are actually on the platform to medically review the content. So if you go to the site and, and browse around the articles, you'll actually see you know, a lot of the medical explainers, um, Botox, tattoo removal, you'll see reviewed by mm. you know, uh, Dr. Ahmed or whoever it is. And okay. we're, we're doing that, A, to make sure that the content is, is 100% factually correct, but B, to give people confidence as well. And also, for the practitioners, it's great visibility for them. Mm. They become the trusted source in cellulite treatments, in Botox, in, in fillers, mm. whatever it may be, and then they've got a direct link straight into their profile. Mm. So that was something really interesting as well, because I think everyone's been to a site where you see a list of doctors and they're wearing a white coat and you see their credentials and that's about it. You don't really get a sense of this person being real and accessible, we're making sure that actually you can read an article verified by a practitioner, go straight to their profile, see amazing imagery of them, see the treatments they offer, book directly with them and go and see them in person. So mm. we're trying to bring together those two worlds of the credibility and, and you know, the authority with giving you access to someone who is a human, who is approachable. Mm. So it's it's really fun. Like we, We've actually... Um, provided the service to a lot of the clinics to go in and do a photo shoot on their behalf. Mm. So we go in, we have our in-house photography team, we've got an amazing photographer um, who's got a very background in the music world, fashion world, big brands, and she's she's going out and shooting the clinic, shooting the practitioners, and it's, it's a completely different look and feel. Mm. You go to the site, it's not serious 10-year-old LinkedIn picture. Mm. It's really colorful. They look human. They're smiling. They're yeah. in a different pose. It completely breaks down that barrier. And it's, you know, it's a different experience. I mean, I, yeah. I, I actually went and booked a treatment for our own site this week. You were sold. I was sold. <laughs> we, we, there's a lot of people in yeah. the office who yeah. we've, we've been seeing the listings as we've been getting the yeah. content prepared for, for, you know, the last couple of months. Yeah. And already we're like, that clinic looks amazing. That practitioner looks yeah. great. Like it's it's game changing. It's yeah, totally bringing the transparency through so you can make an easy decision. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, so there's the kind of I don't know what you would call them, but there's the the clinics that do proper surgeries, and mm -hmm. then there's uh, you mentioned a laser treatment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of skin laundry, the one that came from the US, and mm -hmm. they do different types. Would they would that be the type of company that would can be on Selfology and also, have you recognized any other gaps like that that maybe are doing well in the US that have yet to sort of come here in terms of on the treatment side? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, our focus right now is, is cosmetic treatments. Okay. That's, that's really what we're looking to do. But certainly, as we look to the future, I think the ambition for Selfology is, is to really be the destination for self-care. So we, we can see this expanding into complementary verticals such as as wellness, dentistry, um, coaching, lots of different areas in, in the future. Skincare products. Potentially skincare products in the future as well. But but right now we want to really, really ensure that we're focused very much on one industry because there's so much untapped potential there already and we, we don't want to dilute what we're, what we're offering right now. And will it, will it always be a facilitator connecting the audience with the customer? with the treatments or would you have your own uh, direct-to-consumer approach? Would you have wellness retreats? Would you have 
products yourself or is any of that in the roadmap? Um, I can't, can't speak to all the future plans right <laughs> yeah, now. Okay. We're, we're definitely not planning on opening up our own clinics anytime soon. <laughs> so I think, yeah. I think we're really focused right now on, on, on helping the existing industry um, yeah. and really bringing new people to this industry. Okay, amazing. And um, before we end up, finish up, uh, what about, you, you mentioned Tamar uh, and there was other investors from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I guess with this type of, a, have you signed up clinics from Saudi Arabia for the original booking launch? And uh, if not, when would that market be an entry? Great question. So we, we are going live in, in the UAE over the coming weeks yeah. with, with all the booking uh, functionality. And then we're looking to launch in Saudi probably uh, mid-year. So we're already meeting with clinics out there. We're already, um, we've already attended a couple of conferences out there, and mm. met with a lot of clinics. And again, the reception has been really, really excited. Um, so w- that's going to be the next, next focus. But beyond uh, UAE and Saudi, we, we've built this to go global. And that's, that's our true ambition is okay. we think this platform can be a Middle East-based startup that becomes a truly global brand. Fascinating. That's one of the trends that sometimes come up comes up on this, and it's always interesting to wonder why. Why pick? Okay, there's an opportunity on this in the Middle East, but how? Why do you think Dubai can be a, a hub for a global startup? Because I I think the timing is right now. I think the the consumer appetite is there. I, you know, over the last couple of years. E-commerce has transformed in, in this market. I yeah. mean, four or five years ago, I think it was 2% of, of total retail. It's now approaching 10% of total retail. I think there's been a complete mindset shift post-COVID. People are more open to digital services, to booking online, to using their mobiles. So it's becoming more of an expectation now. So I think it's, it's a fortuitous timing to actually... Mm deliver a service like this because this is what consumers are now wanting mm. four or five years ago this probably wouldn't have been the case but mm. i think the market is is really really opening up now especially in saudi as well there's there's huge huge appetite for online services so i think the the market and the industry is is ready to grow and i think um you know the the leading markets uh, in the west like uk us in e-commerce They've, they've grown substantially. I mean, it's more like 30%, 35% of total retail in the UK. But I think the UAE and the region in, in general, it's catching up incredibly quickly. So I think you're going to see huge, huge growth in this space over, over the coming years. And it's, I think it's just perfect timing right now. Fascinating. But if you were to do this, if you thought of it as a global opportunity, would it not make sense to do it in a more advanced e-commerce market at the start, say, set up in Silicon Valley, grow from there? Uh, because the opportunity here potentially is not just Saudi, but Kuwait and, and other parts of the GCC, Levant, North Africa, uh, as opposed to having Dubai as a hub and mm-hmm. taking on the US from here and Europe from here. Uh, do you get my point? <laughs> no, I get, I, I, I get it, but I think we we know the market here very well. Yeah, we we know there's an appetite for it, so we want to service this market first and okay. really tap into the untapped op- opportunity here before we go and look out to to other markets. I mean, mm. I think that's it. That's a huge benefit of the industry experience that Tama brings. You know, we we know the best clinics, the best practitioners, the best devices. We, we, um, we have all the information that we can give to consumers to help them make that decision. 
So it makes sense to start here in a region yeah. that's already accepting of these types of treatments, prove the, prove the business out here, and then look to scale to, to other markets as we built the brand. Fair enough. So it, it kind of add on to that one then. How do you approach market entry uh, Saudi per se, but will you do what you've done in Dubai with a content hub, with a sales team on the ground? Will you replicate that size in each market or, or will it be, this will be the HQ and you'll have a, a, a different approach to each market? I mean, I, I think a lot of that's still to be determined, but I think we're, we're definitely looking at having a kind of centralized model mm. where we then deploy local teams into each market. So definitely looking at local sales teams is absolutely key building the relationship for the clinics, meeting with the practitioners. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big part of, of how we expand. And look, it's really interesting. Uh, back in July last year, it was the first conference we'd done um, in the UAE, at Dubai Derma. So it was our first outing as a business. There was, I think, prior to the week of that conference, there was five of us in the business. We had about another eight people during the week of the conference. So okay. It was our first outing as a brand. Yeah, you know, we, we the first day we were all trying to figure out how to position it, how to, and then over the coming days we honed our messaging, and it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. We went and did uh, a conference called Maydam in September, a uh, really big dermatological conference. That was fantastic. It was a completely different space. We had the visual design for the site then. We'd met people previously. We'd started to build a reputation. So that was a lot smoother. And then we took that same approach to Saudi Arabia um, actually a month ago. We were, we were at uh, Saudi Derm and Jeddah Derm, so Riyadh and Jeddah. And it, it was a completely different approach. We, we have the business. We've established the brand. We've got clinics on board now. We've got the full experience. So it was actually a, much easier to be able to go there and explain what we're about, explain the proposition, and, and we've had much more interest, much more quickly in Saudi. Mm. So I see that being the approach of, of how we take each market. Mm. Once we've built the credibility here, we've built the ratings and reviews, we've built the business, rolling out into new markets should theoretically become much easier and much quicker, mm. and, and we want to do that at scale, and that comes back to the investment discussion we had earlier. Mm. That's absolutely what we're going to be looking for investment in is to help us roll really, really quickly. You know, next six months, we want to prove the business, prove that it's scaling, prove that it's working. Mm. After that, it's a case of where do we think the next, the next best market is for the fit, roll it out, have the sales team, get clinics on board, and deploy the marketing from the expertise of what we're learning centrally. Brilliant. Yeah, fascinating. Not only is the industry advanced in practitioners, but also with conferences. And you, you can, yeah, it's copy-paste, isn't it? Once you get good at it, you could, you're actually entering into something that already exists. They just don't do the digital thing. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, you, and, and it's not, it's, it's a more compelling proposition because a lot of people are fearful of being pioneers. Yeah. They don't want to be the first. They don't want to go with something that's unproven. But once... Once you've proven that, once you're building that brand, it becomes a completely different proposition. I mean, we're already seeing that in the last couple of weeks, uh, since, well, this week as well, since we're actually live, live, and now people can see it, we've mm. got clinics contacting us now. Perfect. Which is yeah. the utopia, right? Yeah. It's like we've done a yeah. lot of hard work to go out and meet yeah. clinics and, and ring them and cold call and, and build the relationships. Now we're actually getting clinics coming to us and going, 
we, we're really interested in joining. Yeah. Now we're, now we're like, well, we'd love to take you on board, but we're quite busy with these guys. So, Very good. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a super interesting uh, growth plan. Yeah, amazing. Well, it does sound like, you know, it, it, you mentioned doing it, uh, pioneering, but actually execution is hard, right? And yeah. it sounds like you're, you're investing in it, but already the brands and the thesis sounds good. So good luck with it. Thank you for sharing your story. And we'll definitely follow Selfology and maybe test out one of those clinics. Brilliant. Look forward <laughs> right. to it. Thanks a lot, Cheers. Rob. Thanks for your time. Thank you. So that was super interesting. Uh, Rob clearly knows his stuff on e-commerce and, uh, you know, the team that he's put together sounds very impressive. Uh, you know, very good company to follow. Uh, very interesting industry. Uh, and yeah, I had a personal experience with cosmetic surgery, which I shared. Um, but definitely, you know, life would have been easier with a platform like Selfology uh, 10 years ago or so. Uh, big thank you to our producers, as usual, Shahir Al-Kindi, who does all the booking and all the organizing in the background, and Alibaba, who uh, puts all the music and the audio and the video together uh, and uh, produces the show as we go each week. Uh, so thank you to them. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. Uh, and uh, also thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, please do engage with us in whatever way you want. You know, subscribe on whatever audio platform you're listening on. Uh, leave a review, leave a comment, share with a friend. Uh, one share with one person. Uh, any episode that you think in their industry that they like can really make a big difference. It's that sort of word of mouth that's needed really on discovery of podcasts. If you're enjoying this, and you think someone else would as well. And of course, we would like you to ch try out any of our other Smashy platforms. So there's a Smashy iOS and Android and Smart TV apps. Uh, there's a free uh, video on demand services there for video clips and also subscription for the 24-hour live sh shows. And then on social media, we've got different types of verticals. So Smashy Crypto, Smashy Gaming, Smashy Home. This one would go under Smashy Health, uh, which you can check out as well if you like this podcast. Thank you, and we'll speak for the next week where we've switched now every, uh, Fridays at 11 a.m. instead of Thursdays at 11 a.m.